So welcome guys to the podcast of the Nomads Way and thanks for hanging out here with me on this another great day. But today, before getting into the episode, I just wanted to talk about a thing or two that came out just a few weeks ago. And we all came to see the horrific incident that happened in US. Uh, It was uh, the shocking incident of George Floyd. And I was just shocked to the core that things like this are still happening in 2020, where I think we have established that we are all humans and we are all equal. I know racism is is everywhere, even in a country like India, where I come from. And though I'm not a minority in India, but I still stand in sol- solidarity with all the people, all the minorities, the black community and all the indigenous or colored people. And let me tell you that this brand, Hopeless Nomad, is gonna stand for that. We are all equals and we are all humans first. And that's what also traveling teaches us, all the different things about the communities and the culture and how to accept them. So I just wanted to say that I hope so that this is last year or the last month or just the last week that we're gonna experience any hate crimes or we can we should just eradicate them and of course eradicate racism but moving on to today's podcast i am talking with kez the creator of kezemotion.com who have traveled more than 90 countries and we're going to talk about uh, in this particular episode about cultures and communities, about how people are the same in everywhere, <laughs> and but they are just divided by the cultures and the practices that they do. We also talked about travel as an education, adventure travel, and of course, how did she afford to travel around like so many countries? So I hope that you will be inspired by this female solo traveler and i hope that i'm bringing some inspiration and travel to your ears so just thank you for being here and welcome to the podcast of a nomad's way to a Nomad's Way podcast where we share the exploits and advices of travel gurus for making your travel easy and affordable. And now your host, who wish on making travel a global religion, Kunal, aka The Hopeless Nomad. that she uh, accepted our invitation. No, no problems. Um, I, like I said, I like talking and I, what I like talking about the most is traveling. <laughs> That's just perfect then. <laughs> yeah. So I would, yes, I would like you to introduce yourself a bit to our audience that is out there. The, what's your story? Where, where did you come from? And where you are right now? 
Okay, well, I'm based in Hong Kong and I've actually lived here for longer than I've lived in any other place on the earth. But I have also lived in Japan, UK, Ireland and China and Australia. Um, and actually, it's quite strange. Nobody else in my family really likes to travel. Um, not not to um, to offbeat places. They just want to go to the the normal places like um, Australia, US, New Zealand, uh, Malaysia, Thailand, all the really easy to get around places. Huh? Um, so I actually don't know where my lust for travel came from. Okay, but, was there uh, an inspiration or something that was involved? Uh, I, I think it just sort of came from um, stuff that I learned in school and uh, like I remember learning about the um, the Darvaza gas crater in Turkmenistan and thinking, wow, that's really awesome. I want to see that one day. So I, I went to see it last year and just other kind of things that you learn about probably in science, um, you know, these like strange places or whatever. And you're like, okay, that sounds cool. I want to go there one day. And it's the, the world's such a wonderful place. Yeah, that's so, so totally true. I, I I just read ninety countries, so wow, this that's pretty amazing. How did you achieve this feat and everything? This is like climbing the Mount Everest for me. <laughs> um, well, um, it it hasn't been done in a short time. I've probably done those countries in the last oh six to eight years. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, well, basically living in Hong Kong is a great advantage because we have cheap flights here to almost everywhere in the world. Okay. Um, but uh, so I'm a teacher and I get a lot of holidays during the year. Um, like I get Chinese New Year, Christmas, Easter. So all the Western and Eastern holidays, uh, normally two weeks at a time. I just sort of look for flights that are cheap to somewhere I haven't been yet. And if they fit in with my dates, then I go to that place. And for the summer, when I have like three months holidays, I normally just fly into some place and then go overland for a couple of months so I can see more countries. Well, like Hong Kong is a really good place then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Like we, we honestly have cheap flights to everywhere. Uh, like I can even get to Canada, a direct flight to, say, Vancouver for um, around uh, 450 US dollars return. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. That's nice. <laughs> Might as well shift to uh, Hong Kong. Next stop, Hong Kong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when did this travel bug bit you? Uh, what was the first place that you traveled to? What is it, like a short trip or a long trip? Uh, okay, so probably the first place I traveled to by myself was Japan uh, because I actually went there on student exchange when I was 16 mm-hmm. and um, because I was studying Japanese. Uh, so I, I'd studied some of the culture, but it was still like just being there and seeing it, the culture alive in front of you. It's kind of like this is really awesome and I want to see this in other places, like if it's so different here in Japan, like what's it going to be like in these other places? I, I just want to go everywhere and see what their cultures are like. So like that was the first trip for you during the exchange period? 
Yeah, yeah, that that was my first one by myself. Uh, like when I was younger, I'd been to uh, like the US um, and New Zealand with my parents. Um, but yeah, Japan was the first one by myself. That's amazing. And I also read like, you know, five languages too. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't speak some of them well, but uh, obviously I'm okay in English. Um, I speak Mandarin and Cantonese because obviously Cantonese is the language here in Hong Kong and Mandarin, I learned that when I lived in China. Okay. Uh, Japanese, obviously, I learned in high school and um, I picked up a little bit of Spanish from traveling around Latin America a few years ago. <laughs> Oh, and then I just have like random words I pick up in languages along the way. Yeah. Uh, like I think I know how to say hello and thank you in probably like 15 different languages. <laughs> no, that's good. That's good. That's com that yeah. comes handy a lot, you know. Yeah, yeah. Do you prefer to travel solo or with, with a companion or with family? Oh, uh, definitely solo. <laughs> Um, actually all of those countries I've been to have been solo, uh, like sometimes I meet people along the way and travel for little sections together, but I always go to a country by myself. Okay. And why is that? Like, why do you prefer going solo? Well, um, a lot of it's because of when I have my holidays, um, not a lot of other people um, have the advantage of school holidays like I do. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's just people aren't normally available when I'm ready to travel. And w when I was younger, I spent a lot of time waiting for people that wanted to come travel with me. There was always something that made it get pushed back and pushed back until in the end you're like, well, I just got to go do this by myself. Otherwise, it's never going to happen. Um, so yeah, basically now if I want to go somewhere, I just book it and go. And you said, I read it in your, in your blog there, like you said, like traveling is a tool for education. Well, it's, it's kind of in two ways. First, it's an educational tool for yourself. Um, like especially traveling solo, you get to learn so much more about yourself than you would just sitting at home going about your daily life. Um, you learn about your limits. Uh, you learn that uh, you can actually go a lot further than you think you can. Um, so yeah, it's it's a tool for teaching yourself more about yourself. And also you learn about other cultures and places as you go. And yeah, I think it, like, it opens your mind. Um, seeing all these different places and cultures, realizing that um, everybody in the world are just people, but because of their cultures, they have different ways of doing things and different doesn't mean bad, it just means different. And um, I think traveling teaches you to accept those differences and like embrace them and actually see them as something good. Um, so yeah, I think the whole thing is education. Yeah, that's that's pretty nice. But coming back uh, back to the opening your mind, uh, what was that culture that that was responsible for for you that just amazed you, which uh, which inspired you to to just explore more about it? Oh, um, 
I don't know. I think there's been a lot of places where um, the, the culture has just been so different that, like, you, you kind of don't understand it, but at the same time, you're like, wow, that's that's really awesome. Um, like, oh, it's, it's hard to pick just one because I've seen so many different ones. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, but still, like, the one you most relate to, let's say. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for a region here instead of a specific country. Um, but I, I really love um, the way people are in Africa. Um, you know, like a lot of people in, well, I've mainly traveled through uh, Western Africa. A lot of the people there are poor. Um, you know, they're in developing countries. Not, not that I like that phrase, but, um, you know, so they don't have much. Um, but they are the friendliest, most giving people you will ever come across. Like I, I never had any problems in Western Africa. People would just come come up to me in the street and ask me if I needed help getting anywhere, um, or like if because obviously in that area they speak French, so it would normally be the people that speak English coming up to me and they want to practice their English, so they're like, oh, let's go have some tea. Mm. Um, but they're just like generally so they, they don't have much, but they will give all they have to you. They're just like they have generous spirits, they're happy people. Um and I guess that's not really what a lot of people would expect from Africa because you hear all this bad stuff about it in the news. But it's honestly one of the best places I've traveled to. Whenever you travel solo, uh is there a sense of fear or a sense of excitement that uh just overtakes you when you are uh, because it, it is considered to be like a stereotype in the travel industry or like anywhere women solo travelers they should be safe all the time so what are what are your thoughts about that uh um i absolutely do not agree with that at all <laughs> Um, I, I'm never scared when I go to travel. I'm always excited, excited about like what the next adventure is going to be. I don't know what it's going to be, but I, yeah. every time I go traveling, I know there's an adventure. So I'm excited to find out what the adventure is going to be. Um, I've, I've never felt scared or unsafe or anything in all of those 90 countries. I think like someone gets inspired by you for sure. I hope so, because I do hear a lot of this, uh, like a lot of the times when I tell people I've been to 90 countries, they're like, wow, you're so brave. Yeah, and right. I think I'm I'm not brave at all. I just I just want to go and experience these places. So I do it. Um, yeah, personally, I don't think it involves being brave, but other yeah. people do. Yeah, that, that is true. You also talked about like travel is open for all in. So that's where well that's when I thought like to ask you this question about uh, the stereotype that there is in the industry, and I totally agree with you. Like everyone should be able to travel. It's, it's the least that you can do. Yeah, yeah. Um, passports aside, because sometimes they can make things difficult. But I think anybody who has the ability to travel mm -hmm. should do it because it just it teaches you about the world. It opens your eyes, and I I honestly think the world would be a much better place if everybody traveled somewhere else to see how other people live. So let's come to the topic of adventure. Like, I think you're an adventurist and like to do crazy stuff. Like, uh, <laughs> like you, you uh, like to do, like you did bungee jumping and stuff like that. 
Yes. <laughs> so, like, what, what was the craziest thing that you did uh, that you would like to share? Craziest thing? Yeah. Um, I would not say craziest. Like, more like people who think, like, man, this is this is like out of this world. I did get on the um, the iron train in Mauritania. Uh -huh. um, it's basically this uh, two kilometer train uh, which freights iron ore from the mines up in the north to the coast. Uh, and basically you can just jump on this train to, to get hundreds of kilometers. Um, so I jumped on that in Noadibu and went to Chome. Uh, which is like half of the um, half of the route, um, and yeah, that was basically just by myself. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> I, I ended up making friends with a local who who looked after me because he'd done the trip several times. But um, it's not really something you think of. You know, it's like oh, okay, I'm alone in this country. I'll just like jump on this freight train for hundreds of kilometers. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's pretty cool. uh, but I was actually in the freight car, like not the passenger compartment, in the freight car. It was it was an experience. Um, yeah, for sure. It was quite long actually, because it, um, like it. I think I left Noadibu at like five o'clock in the afternoon and got into Chom at two a.m. So it wasn't a quick ride. Yeah, <laughs> but it was an experience for sure. Like that's how you remember it. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, obviously there's the bungee jump. Um, I've bungee jumped in Macau, which is the the highest um, commercial bungee jump in the world. I've done it twice. Ooh, nice. <laughs> yeah. I can't. I'm sure there's other stuff I can't think of any at the moment. That's really really cool. Like, so let's say like if you have a choice to make between mountains or beaches, what would you choose? Mountains for sure. So why is that? <laughs> I'm not really a beach person. Uh-huh. Um, same. I was the same. <laughs> but, I mean, mountains are just awesome. The, the views you get from mountains. Um, I mean, well, like I stood on, um, I've stood on the Tianxin Mountains um, in the border between uh, Kazakhstan and Kyrgyzstan. So I was in Kazakhstan looking okay. over, like, it was but I find like hiking mountains, um, you can get a good view when you get to the top, but it's also a good way to stay fit while you're traveling, like do a bit of a hike. So, you know, you're not some, you, you're making sure you're keeping up with your fitness while you're traveling. If you have to inspire someone like who's just as in the same situation as you, how would you inspire them just to like travel more? I would say to them, it's not as expensive as I think it is because I know a lot of people uh, think that traveling is expensive and they use that as a reason not to do it. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm not rich or anything. Uh, all of my trips have been done on a budget, sometimes very extreme budgets. Um, I've had one week holidays. Uh, like when I went to Cambodia, I was there for a week. Mm -hmm. My whole trip, including my airfare, cost less than 200 US dollars for one week. No way. Right. That, that was everything, food, transport, flights, everything. So how, how, how do you decide the budget? How do you make it so that the people who are listening to this know more about it? Um, what, what you mean, like how did I keep that trip um, 
Exactly. So like, cheap? What was the process and everything? Well, um, first of all, I found a super cheap flight uh, through uh, Cathay Pacific, which is um, Hong Kong's airline. Um, they basically do these specials every Tuesday where they put up fanfares. And um, there just happened to be this one that was 600 Hong Kong dollars, which I think is around um, 120 US dollars. Okay. Um, so yeah, that flight was already cheap. And so the rest of the money, uh, I think it ended up, I spent, I spent like um, around 180 US dollars. Yeah. So that $60 was what I spent um, in that week in Cambodia. And that, that also included um, hiring a tuk-tuk driver to take me around Siem Reap and um, going between um, Nong Pen and Siem Reap, um, going around, seeing different stuff. Um, I, I couch surfed while I was there, actually. But uh -huh. even, even I did stay in accommodation for one night, but it was like... Um, I think it was like $5 a night or something. I mean, Cambodia is just a really cheap country. Did, did you research for, for the like the places and the accommodation that you, uh, like do you usually research about them? Like where you would do couch surf and where would you stay in accommodation? Um, you just go with the flow. Like I'm, I'm kind of a more of a go with the flow kind of person. Um, I used to be a planner. Uh, like my my first trip all those years ago, I planned every little detail, mm -hmm. um, and then stuff went wrong and nothing went to plan. <laughs> so <laughs> it was kind of at that point I'm like, well, okay, I, I can see why you do a little bit of planning, but planning everything just leads to problems. So I've, over the years, I've kind of adopted a more of a go with the flow thing, and it generally works for me quite well. Um, I do a little bit of research on the places I go, but I, I just kind of think, okay, I know this little bit. I'll work out the rest when I get there. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's really nice. Because most yeah. of the people that I know are like they they like to plan stuff well in advance and then travel. Like I would not call them then travelers. I would call them tourists instead. Yeah, I, I think I would too. Um, I mean, like especially for my, my summer breaks, uh, I can't really plan three months worth of traveling. Yeah. Uh, it's just you you don't know what's going to happen on the way to prevent those plans from happening. So you might plan your first couple of days or sometimes I don't even do that. <laughs> I mean, uh, when I went to Central Asia last year, mm -hmm. um, I booked my train in China to the Kazakhstan border, and then I had no idea what I was doing after that. And it all worked out, and I had an awesome time. I went through like uh, five Central Asian countries, um, met some locals, got invited to stay at locals' places, had awesome local food. Um, the, the go with the flow approach just works for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. That's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. So so the last question that I have, and I want to just ask it, like, if you were not traveling, let's say, hypothetically, what would you have been doing? I, I actually couldn't imagine my life without traveling. Uh, it's, it's just been a part of my life for so long that um, everybody just knows me as the travel chick. And <laughs> uh, people that I haven't seen for a while, they're yeah. just like, 
okay, where have you been since I spoke to you last? Uh, they, they just expect that I've been somewhere and I have some wild adventurous story to tell them. So I actually can't imagine my life any other way. So, so what's the next in cards after this coronavirus thing goes away? Oh, gosh. Um, I did actually have plans to go to Pakistan for my Easter holiday, but obviously that's on hold now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so so maybe I'll try. Uh, hope, I mean, if this is all over by the summer, then I might um, head to Pakistan, Afghanistan, um, Iran, and then uh, sort of just keep, heading west because uh, I on on my my map of countries that I've been to I have this um, this tiny little gap of countries I haven't been to um, just west of the Caspian Sea and so I want to fill in that gap then I've got um, a solid line all the way over to the UK oh wow That's yeah cool. um, okay. yeah so I'd probably just like head somewhere um, maybe Pakistan and then uh, try to go overland as much as I can from there. Yeah. Obviously, it's a bit difficult with Afghanistan, um, but like, so I'd have to fly from Pakistan, I'd have to fly to Afghanistan, and from Afghanistan, I'd have to fly to Iran. But after that, I'd just continue overland. That's, that's the plan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I would think so. Like, I'm pretty inspired by your story, and I think like the people who would be listening to, they would be like, well, that's the trial chick right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, like I'm, I'm no one special. Um, I'm just an average person who does this. So I think if I can do it, anyone can do it. It's not difficult. Yeah. That's the, that's the main motive of this channel and to create this podcast, like to just to inspire like the normal people that you can travel to. There is, it's not a big deal to travel. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, people people say it to me all the time. Oh, you must have so much money, and I'm like, no, actually, uh, I spent like seven hundred dollars for two months in Central Asia, and they're like, oh, how did you do that? Tell me how. <laughs> if you have any something to tell to the community, feel free to do that. Well, basically, what I would say to anybody is just if you've got somewhere in mind and you want to go there just find a way to do it nothing's as nothing to do with traveling is as difficult as you think it is that country which you think has the really hard visa to get it's not as hard as you think it is um the the country that's really hard to get to is not as hard to get to as you think it is if you want to go just do it If you think this particular episode brought you with any value, leave a comment, like, follow, or whatever you want. And if you want to say hi or just share any of your beautiful travel stories, head over to hopelessnomad.com and just subscribe to the email list. Thank you for listening. Until next time.